3: Radio Aram <laughs> Kiran Mokmahuna presents In the Shades of Krokma, the story of Oran We Shola. Mrs. Costello's collection of Irish folk songs from Galway and Mayo. Crochma, the great hill of the plain, so conspicuous in the landscape is about five miles to the west of Tuam, in the barony of Clare and county of Galway. Its northern slope is occupied by the woods and cultivated grounds of Castle Hecket, the seat of Dennis Kirwan, Esquire, and on its lofty summit stands the great cairn within which tradition and ancient history say Caesar, one of the earliest colonists of Ireland, was interred. Perhaps we do not err in assigning to this ancient burial place a date anterior to that of any other identified historical locality in Ireland. And hence, tradition, as well as popular superstition, has thrown over it the investiture of fairy legend beyond all other places in the country. For here, Finveller, the Oberon of Irish sylvan mythology, holds his court. So wrote Sir William
4: Wilde in his book Loch Corrib, over a hundred years ago. And 70 years later, the words are echoed in another context.
2: The proximity of Crocmar, the home of Finvara and his fairy host, must ever be an inspiration for the revival and preservation of the folk music and folklore of the Tuam district. There is not, I suppose, in the whole of Ireland another place figuring so largely in the realm of traditional song and folklore, as this comparatively insignificant hill of 552 feet.
4: These are the words of Mrs Costello in the introduction to her great collection of Irish folk songs, Aroine Huy Shola. Maw Shola was the old Irish name for the district round Croqumar, a district that was bounded on the west by Loch Corrib and Loch Mask. And Croqumar was certainly an inspiration to the young woman who came to Chewham 60 years ago, the wife of Dr Thomas Costello. But the fairies of this enchanted hill can't account for all her interest in Irish literature, Irish history, and particularly in Irish folk song. Before her marriage, she was Eileen Drury, born in London, of a limerick father and a Welsh mother. This Celtic background certainly swayed the young girl towards all things Irish, and she was soon in the thick of Irish cultural activity in the London of the 1890s. She became a member of the Irish Literary Society and the Gaelic League, and was for a time Assistant Secretary of the Irish Text Society. Mrs Costlow is now in graceful retirement in Chewham, and when we visited her there a short time ago, she had just celebrated her 90th birthday. But with a mind as keen as any young person, she was able to tell us all about those early days in London seventy years ago, and could remember the people with whom she associated in the Irish Literary Society.
5: Eleanor Hull was there. She, I remember sending a lot of my songs to her, and she took them to uh, the man, the head of the College of London College of Music in London, the Irishman, you know. Stanford. Stanford. Mm-hmm. Villa Stanford. And Alfred Percival Graves was mm-hmm. one of them. You know, the father of Lynn man.
6: Yeah.
5: He was there. And um, Barry O'Brien. And uh, Sir Charles Russell was a member. That's the son of Lord Russell of Cologne, you know.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: He was um, Lipton's solicitor. And uh, he got hold of Lipton and uh, got Lipton to give give a prize of a £100 for some um, historical essays.
3: At the meetings and outings of the London branch of the Gaelic League, Mrs Costello could hear plenty of Irish songs at first hand from the young Irishmen who at that time filled so many places in the British civil service but at an early stage she also developed an interest in the work of famous Irish folk music collectors such as Bunting and Petrie.
5: What I did first was, uh, I used to go to the British Museum and study all the old uh, books that were there, the early printing of Irish songs and so on. and. Uh, I, I liked it very much, and I, I thought to myself, that's the sort of thing I'd like to do. And that
2: was the sort of thing she was destined to do. She married Dr Thomas Costello and came to live in Tuam in 1903. At that time, Tuam and all the area around was a flourishing Gaelthacht, but more than that, it was a district steeped in traditional music and traditional singing. She came to know the Hessian family of Belle Claire.
5: What happened was, you see, my husband introduced me to these Hessians. They lived out in Berkeley, just under, nearly under Catalhatt, and I tr- I traced them back for f- five or six generations, where they'd been connected with the Irish people and learning songs and singing, and so on, and taking them down, and then they had a they had a splendid mother. She wouldn't speak to them in English at all when they came home from school. They had to talk Irish all the time. So the whole family were splendid at it. You see, there's Annie Hessian and Maggie Hessian, and uh, and then the father and mother, both of them. And I remember them all going up once to the Arctas. Uh, and I think there were about nine of them.
4: And they were all singers, mother and father and nine children. Years later, in 1919 to be exact, when our Vui Shol appeared, the very first song in the book was one Mrs Costlow had collected from young Maggie Hessian. It was the song called Kunde de Vio",
3: also well known in the translation by George Fox. When I dwelt at home in plenty and my gold did much abound. In the company of fair young maids the Spanish ale went round. Tis a bitter change from those gay days that now I'm forced to go and must leave my bones in Santa Cruz far from my own mayo.
4: Yes, t'was young Maggie Hessian of Belclare who sang that song for Mrs Costello over fifty years ago. She later became Mrs. McCann and has lived in Dublin most of her life, the wife of Dr. Sean McCann. And when we called to her house in Terranure some time ago, she sang again for us that very same song of many, many years ago. <laughs>
6: Single the veer on a jar near Santa Cruz, a da, dake mukra wee fian ward. Ta crook ne caro me le shoshim soul gyor. Ta kerkis kali frian, kushiri shidim chol. Ta uri blastabuyan, ta smerier warn a grievan. This is the end of the world. The end of the world is the end of the world. The end of the
4: These were the old songs to be heard at Hessians in Belclare half a century ago. And Maggie Hessian, Mrs. McCann, recalls memories of those days of her youth. I know all these songs... Is uh, you saying your mother used to sing,
8: isn't she? It's she who gave us all these songs. So the ones that I have, and my grandmother also, you know. Well, what was your grandmother's name? She was Greeny. She was Margaret Greeny. Greeny. Yeah. My mother's name was Rainy. She was oh, Ellen were they Rainy. From around the same. From Ballincleve. My grandmother was from Ballincleve. Ballantyra. Yeah, that's yeah. near uh, Clare, of course. Well, uh, near uh, near near C- near to Carlistran, yes. Well then, do you remember when Mrs Costello started collecting her songs? I do. I do. Um, I remember. I used to ask me. She used to ask me, uh, she used to, ask me in to pay her a visit weekends and weeks, and up when I were on, when I was in holidays. And. Um, I'd sing the songs over, and she'd play them on the piano, and then we'd practice them over, you know, and I spent several weekends with her. In tune? In tune, yes. Well, no, you were a teacher yourself. Aren't no, you I, I was it? just a child at the time. Uh, I hadn't yeah. been, t- I hadn't started to teach at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, now I see a lovely cup here in front of me, dated in 1906. What was...? the uh, That was the Oireachtas? That was the Oireachtas, yes. You must have been very young. I was, I think I was about 12, I think, at the time. And I had competed for, I I think I played, I um, I was singing and storytelling and recitations, and I wrote essays, and I forget really how many subjects now, but I got a great number of prizes that year. Well, that cup was presented by... Park Macfierish. Macfierish. It was called the Park Macfierish Cup. And you won it out? I won it out, right,
4: yes. And so, through the Hessian family and Mrs Hoban of Milltown and many others in the Chum area, Mrs Costello slowly but surely put on paper the traditional songs of Galway and Mayo. Her husband, Dr Thomas Costello, was a great help to her in this work because of his knowledge of the people and because of his knowledge of Irish
5: He spent the first two years of his life out in Dangan, Connemara. Uh, Two years of his uh, medical profession. And then he came to Tuam. So he was a good speaker. And uh, if he knew anybody that had had any old songs or anything, we'd come in and sing to the wife, like to hear them and so on, you see, that's how it began and then I, I used to uh, learn off the first, the first verse, first verse, and um, then um, hum it over to myself in tonic so far. I knew the both, see see, staff notation and the staff mm-hmm. and the tonic.
4: As yet there was little thought of publication, but about 1911, she did send one song to Charlotte Milligan Fox, who was then secretary of the Irish Folk Song Society, and this appeared in 1912 in Volume 10 of the Society's Journal. It was a sad but beautiful love song, Tukey
2: Summer at last, and the grass grows green, and the leaves grow fast on the top of the trees. My love will call at the morn's first light, and make sweet music for my heart's delight.
4: This song had been sung for Mrs. Costello in different versions. One version was given to her by Mary Conway of Ballantleven, near Chum. The same Mary Conway, now Mrs. Craven, sang it for us a short time ago, just as she had sung it for Mrs. Costello fifty years ago.
9: Choking is passing fair. Agustti ti ti ondi lorgo ad ngrel Ciokomorasa lile kunje Agust pai And that's <laughs> your land in some my little doll. In the night in my burning what love. Now we'll say the Christy
4: At that time there was a young priest in St. Charlotte's College in Tuam. His name was Father Malachy Eaton, and he took a tremendous interest in this collection of folk-songs which Mrs. Costlow had built up in manuscript. He helped her a great deal in transcribing the texts of the songs, and he suggested that they should be published as one collection. He also helped to rid Mrs. Costlow of her despondency over the sharp and critical pen of a certain canon or but we we'll let Mrs. Costlow herself tell us about Father Malachi Eaton.
5: Afterwards, then he said to me, "said to me, he said, you know, what you ought to do is print these songs, print them." And I said, oh, I, "I, I, don't feel I, I'd be scholar enough." I said, "I'm afraid of that man down, down in the south that used to be always picking holes in." You know, in Irish and that sort of thing. I've forgotten his name now. Who was
8: Canon Cannon?
5: Cannon or somebody. Leary? Yeah. yes. And so he we said, well he said, uh, I'll help you, he said. So we did. he did. Even uh, sometimes I'd, I'd take down a song, don't you know, phonetically even. Mm-hmm. And he'd, he'd get it right.
4: Father Malachy Eaton's advice was taken, and the songs were prepared for publication. They were published by the Irish Folk Song Society and formed a complete volume of that society's journal, the volume for
3: 1918. The full title was... Oroin Vui Shola, Traditional Folk Songs from Galway and Mayo, collected and edited by Mrs Costello Tune.
2: There were 80 songs in all, music and text together with translations and notes... There were long songs and short songs, drinking songs and sober songs, sad songs and gay songs, but mostly sad songs, like Sallow Gruer.
3: Oh, was it too soon, then at sixteen to woo her, who lit in my young heart love's secret flame? Dear heart of my bosom, t'was fate I should lose you, who slipped from me soon to your home in the clay.
7: No! mission through where hey go a in my
4: A book of folk-songs from this part of the country round East Galway would have to include Raftery. Though born in Killedan, in Mayo, his adopted country was Galway. The blind poet and fiddler was made welcome in every house from Tuam to Loughrea, and those who didn't welcome him out of love did so out of fear, the fear that he might make a song about them. But Raftery had a soft heart too, a heart that moved him to write the lament for the poor people from Anach Kuin, who were drowned in Loch Corrib on their way to a fair in Galway.
10: Mm-hmm. Småre og mare, og kahre Småre og bare spasten, tashlussul. Herin engras <laughs> det hjælp nyves paras, når veget av og tomberst اخلاق برایش کنگی نباشد، اسلام Grad of skin, scone, roh, den, go, kill, son, the crack, orange. We boh,
4: Talking of Anach Kuin brings us to the English translation in Aurain Vuishole. The literal translations were done by Father Malachi Eaton, but it's not generally known that the verse translations, such as in Anach Kuin, were the work of the late Monsignor Porig de Bruun. This was confirmed by Mrs. Costello herself.
5: If you notice, some of the songs in my book are magically translated. And who did those but Dr. Paddy Brown.
8: Monsignor
5: Porig de Bruun? Yes, he was Paddy Brown then in Manuth. Yeah. He was there, and he and Father Eden became great friends, you see. And he got interested in the songs. And so he began to write and write medical translations. And I remember asking... Oh, what's the name of that poet in in uh, Dublin? He's a brother, I think. Austin
1: Austin Clark.
5: Clark. Mm. He said to me one day, who, who did that translation? He said, of Anna Kuhn. So I told him confidentially, I said, don't... Don't say anything, but uh, I said that's who it was. But that ought to be in an anthology, he said.
3: If my health is spared, I'll be long relating of that boat that sailed out of Anakuin and the keening after of mother and father and child by the harbour, the mournful crew. O king of graces, who died to save us? T'were a small affair for but one or two, but a boat bought bravely in calm day sailing without storm or rain to be swept to doom. What wild despair was on all faces to see them there in the light of day. In every place there was lamentation and tearing of hair as the wreck was shared. And boys there lying when crops were ripening from the strength of life they were born to clay. In their wedding clothes, for their wake they robed. O oh, King of Glory, man's hope
10: is vain. <laughs>
4: In Mrs. Costello's book, the names of the singers are given with each song, and one finds the same names cropping up again and again. Mrs. Hessian and her daughter Maggie Hessian of Belclare, Mrs. Hoban of Milltown, Bridget Ford of Ceylon near Tuam, Pat O'Neill of Drum Griffin, Mary Conway of Ballantleva. Towards the end of the book, there are a few songs from a little further afield, in the county of Mayo. These were mostly contributed by Dr and Mrs Conor Maguire of Clare Morris. This Dr Maguire was born in Carraroe, where his father was dispensary doctor, and his first language was Irish. Later, the family moved to Congdon. The young Conor Maguire became a doctor like his father, and eventually came to Clare Morris. That's over 50 years ago. Here, through the influence of Douglas Hyde, he began to take an active interest in the Irish language movement. His son, Dr. George Maguire of Claremorris, takes up the
1: story. Well, my father then came on from Kong. He subsequently uh, became dispensary doctor here in Claremorris. And it was then he got interested in the Gaelic League. And Doug- Douglas Hyde he got to know Douglas Hyde. And, Pierce and all the people who were founding the Gaelic League and being interested in everything Irish and um, they found, they were um, delighted to find that he was a a very fluent uh, Irish speaker and uh, it was uh, Douglas Hyde who induced my father to learn to write Irish, to write down Irish, he wasn't able to do that Previous to, to, to meeting, Dr. Hyde, well, mother was uh, had no practically no knowledge of Irish, uh, but uh, she was very, uh, in, much interested in music and was a very good pianist, and um, she became interested in in uh, Irish uh, folk music and um, became a great friend of Mrs. Costello's of Chum. Uh, and uh, there were some people around the district here who um, had a lot of uh, old Irish uh, songs. Uh, there was one old man named uh, Ned Gibbons, who uh, subsequently became a great friend of Douglas Hyde's. And he was a great uh, Shanahy, and also uh, he used to sing uh, Irish songs and I think his name is mentioned in uh, in uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Costello's Our on Myhola. I often remember them down in the square in Clamours where we lived and uh, she'd have him at the piano singing for her while she noted down the songs uh, as accurately as she could and then she'd play them over for him and. It was amusing sometimes to hear him correcting her and (laughs) finding out that she had got the wrong note here and there. And her father uh, was interested in the music, but he also was interested in the folklore and he collected all a number of old stories from the people around about which he published subsequently in the uh, New Ireland Review, then being edited by Father Findlay.
4: One of the songs written down by Mrs. Maguire from the singing of Ned Gibbons of Clare Morris was Ilan Aidee, which is really another version of Sallow
3: Grua. In Ilan Edy, my first love's grave is, my heart I gave her when I was young. To hear the wailing of her three lone babies, sure none can please them, my heart is wrong.
11: <speaking> in the <foreign> land of the <language> people who are living in the <foreign language> oren nilme aqe che laga nilagarwa he nos ah marag jo ta ful mahrişte vahilsana jo is ye guru
4: other songs in Our Own we brought Mrs Costello still further afield. They brought her back to her early days in London. Such songs as Nelly Vaughan.
2: I learned this song many years ago from my very dear friend Michal in Indrawan Spittle, who passed his brief life first as secretary to the Gaelic League of London and afterwards as Ord Olive chief professor in the Irish College in Patry, County Mayo. I well remember the occasion on which I noted it down. It was one cold winter night on the journey back from Woolwich to London where a party of us had gone in our enthusiasm to try and start a branch of the Gaelic League among the colony of Irishmen living there. It was late, it was cold, and we were hungry. But we were young, and our spirits were high, and the hot-baked potatoes we had bought from a barrow on our way to the station to warm our hands served afterwards to appease our appetites, only we'd forgotten to beg a bit of salt. We had a carriage to ourselves, and we whiled away the time in singing. This song, Nellie Vaughan... Was me Brannock's
12: contribution. <Sings> on lachle <laughs> shine glory tharemo
2: Another scene stands out in my memory a few years later. All too few. A dreary November day on the long stretch of road beside a grey sea from Galway out to Indruan, where, to the wailing of the pipes and the cleaning of the women, we laid poor Mihal Brannock to rest in his own beloved kosherica.
3: And in the same Coisarege, the district along by Spiddle and Rosseville, other songs and other singers came to light. Pileb de Waldrahe, of Ballyhornis, the Gaelic League organiser, collected a number of these songs and passed them on later to Mrs Costello. One of them, An Goa was sung for him by Coitney Costello of Spiddle, and just recently we heard the same song from the same singer, now Mrs O'Conloin, and the mother of a younger generation of traditional singers and musicians.
13: (laughs) Had my shed, and Tan my O my my sister oh, snap, father, when she I ran the fire. We million more. Story on wallet, ach Niedem the wybor, a on jej nie nagromadził, ach we screw he when Lashan Murdon Room. The Melchin stayed in me.
4: But we turn the pages once more and inevitably we come again and again to songs sung to Mrs. Costlow by Maggie Hessian, Mrs. McCann, Khaishlán Nail, Móirin who Grílfa, got the náin, Vangóin, Which has echoes of the ghost lover theme of European balladry.
2: Oh, gentle young lover, where slept you last night? I slept in your bed by your own slender side. If you knew of my vision, you'd finish with sleep, your very own coffin to be passing my street.
6: Er the de lap in, en letter Snorri, him songs like O oh, Gonnie Gussel
4: are of a type which can be described as timeless and nameless, versions of very old folk songs with forgotten origins. But there are in Auroinvishola more local songs, songs which have emerged directly from the shades of Croquemare and from Castle Hackett, which was the seat of the Kerwin family, one of the twelve tribes of Galway. There's a lament for the death of John Kerwin.
2: This lament was composed by Pat Graney, and sung to me by his great granddaughter, Maggie Hessian. The occasion of its making was the tragic death of young John Cowan of Castle Hackett.
4: The lament was sung for us by Mrs. Craven, formerly Mary Conway. <laughs>
9: I am a man eglan a a And
4: so it was that the readers of the Journal of the Irish Folk Song Society found themselves with a unique collection of Irish songs from the West... Later, in 1923, aroin Vuishola was reprinted, not in the journal this time, but as a separate book published by the Torvald Press in Dublin. It's now out of print, and copies are scarce, and there are great changes in other ways round Chewham and Castle Hackett, but Mrs Costlow is still there, hale and hearty at ninety years. She can remember with pride how, with the help of Maggie Hessian and all the others, she put on paper... Au rein shola the old songs that were sung in the shades of crockma <laughs>